0: Hey, good afternoon, Mizzou fans, Gabe DeArmond, PowerMizzou.com here, back with you a little sooner than we expected. We just uh, hung out about 36 hours ago after the Cotton Bowl, but um, got a special episode for you guys today of the YouTube live show podcast, however you're consuming this. uh, Bring on Gerard Hamilton first. He's not the special part of this episode. You see him all the time. You don't really care. So uh, now popping on your screen. Kind of sounds weird to say this, former Missouri cornerback Ennis Rakestraw. Um, uh, so we'll let you guys know if you got questions, things you want us to ask Ennis, comments, whatever. Put them in the put them in the queue. We'll uh, we'll get to some of your thoughts throughout the show. But Ennis, does that does that still sound weird to you? You declared for the draft yesterday, so former Missouri cornerback, is that
1: set in yet? Um, It kind of feels weird, just. Through the whole process of how like how my Mizzou career went and how I got to Mizzou. So it's still kind of weird right now. It's real, really unreal that I made that decision yesterday. But I woke up and I, I remembered. Tell us I'm, kind of
0: about you know, these last few weeks, when did you kind of figure out, hey, this is this is what I want to do? And just tell us about the process of making that decision to go ahead and go pro.
1: Um, so the decision was kind of been lingering from when I really got hurt at the beginning of the year, I kept playing, playing through some of the injuries that I kept like having to get out, but we kept undisclosing because I didn't want nobody really to know. I just wanted to play with my team and, and the decision was to finalize. I got a couple agencies hitting me up during doing a process, but I told them I'm just focused <clears throat> on playing with my brothers. But the injury I had got kind of worse in a sense. Um, I actually had, Something done over the prep for the bowl. That's why I wasn't able to play. And, you know, talking to my family, talking to some of the agencies, seeing some of the projections, I think it was it was my best bet, but to leave.
2: And is, can you uh I guess detail a little bit of maybe whenever your injury happened? Was there a specific moment in the game or practice where you're just like, this isn't right? And how did you kind of fight through that to still play in some of these games?
1: So, um me, I think it happened around it happened week three. I had a little they call it sports hernia. So it's a core injury. So the Memphis game, I had got, you know, a little something that's supposed to help me with it. I didn't play the Memphis game because I feel like the team didn't need me and they really didn't. They they do like they didn't need me versus Ohio State. That's what I've been telling people my whole career. Um when one of us go down the show still roll, Mizzou DBs is really the best. Like y'all seen it when I was out, y'all seen it when KD was out, like them boys is good. So I was able to sit out that game and I was only there for emergencies. A lot of people thought I got suspended or whatever, but I was just automatically hurt. I sat out the Kentucky th- um, week because it got a little bit worse. So I had to get something else, try to get looked at, try to get back right. And I wasn't supposed to play the South Carolina game a lot. That's why I wasn't the starter there but I, I wanted to like at least get my feet wet because I knew we was going to have to play Georgia after the break. Georgia was my first start back. I did pretty good. The play I fell in Florida, the, our last home game was when I reactivated even worse and developed another spring. So really, if y'all don't know anything about a sports hernia, it's hard to run, cut, do everything. I'm a DB, so like, that's, my groin injury is kind of hard for me to play with, but I battled it out with the team and I did everything I could, but the bowl game, I, I really couldn't because of the senior bowl and things like that. I had to go and get that looked at and get it fixed or whatever. So I can be ready. So that's when I had to make a business decision or make a business for my future and drink and poke them. They all supported me through the whole process. My team already knew they told me you got big things too. So it was kind of an easy transition to making a decision.
0: All right. So, the way we want to do this, we want to go back to the very beginning and kind of kind of go through some of this stuff in Mizzou and then then look forward. So take us back to when you were being recruited four years ago by, by Drinkwits. And first off, do you remember why it was Mizzou over, I think, Alabama and Texas were your other choices? And then second, what did you think the first time you saw the video of, uh, of Drink after you committed?
1: So my if- – Missouri was my first Power 5 offer. I had a couple of, you know, other offers, but Missouri was my first Power 5 offer. I had a great relationship with Coach Walton, Coach Gibbs, and, and you know, that's before Drink was the head coach. Mm-hmm. So when Drink became the head coach, I didn't know was my offer void or he wouldn't want to crew me no more. So, you know, you go through all that process. Like you thought that's the school you want, but then you got to back off. Well, he offered me again, but then I blew up. So they was kind of like, ah, like, you still gonna mess with us and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. When I came on my official visit, I told them right away, like, I was committing, but I'm still, I'm coming to Missouri, but I'm still going to um, go around the country to see otherwise. And they was like, okay, we trust you, your word. And, you know, they probably didn't believe it because when they started seeing Alabama was my dream school and stuff like that, and Texas, my home state, they probably was like, ah, well, we don't got them no more. Honestly, they didn't. But at the table that signing day, you can ask my mom and any interviewers and any coach. I was committed to Alabama. I got a video of me committing the card to Nick Saban. And when I was at the table ready to sign, my mom was like, "Why are you looking like that?" Because I was like, Man, "I don't, I don't know." She was like, "You still going to Alabama?" And I was like, "Yeah." I sat at the table. I seen all my brothers going before me because I didn't want to be like the center of attention right away and everybody try to leave. So I wanted them to respect my brothers because at the same time we all battled, everybody didn't get to go division one or things like that. But I still wanted them to get the glory and everybody still be there with them. So I made them make me go last. I looked at my mom and I shook my head no. And she was like, what? She's like, Alabama. I said, no. She said, Missouri. I shook my head yes. And she was like, Well, son, I'm going to have to call Alabama and let them know. And then I was like, okay. So. I kind of made my decision at the table to switch. Wow! That's and cool. then a video. He had a video drink. Um, after I committed and everything, you know, everybody went crazy. It blew up because everybody was predicting me to go to Alabama or Texas, not Missouri. Um, I told my mom after I committed. I told her I want to go to a school where I can where I can make us be good in a sense. I didn't want to go to a team that's already built. I, I, a lot of y'all seen the, little. Think my mama wrote about it, but that was like honestly what I said because at Duncanville we weren't always the best powerhouse. When I was in eighth grade going into high school, Duncanville was like 300 in the country. When I got there, my senior year we finished top five. Junior year and senior, year, so I kind of wanted to do do something like that with it. And when I was on my way to Waffle House, when I seen drink on um, video, he texted me first and he was like, "Man, we're going viral." going and he said, look at the video. And I'm like, man, what video are you talking about? I don't know what is going on. I'm just trying to I'm trying to eat right now. But they always called and they was all in the room. So it was like it had to be right after the video, cause all of them was in that room that he started in. Like everybody was saying, We're happy to have you on board. So I finally looked at the video and I'm like, oh man, we really like candid on everything, like overtime, ESPN, bleach report. And I'm like, oh man, like that's pretty cool. And that's when I feel like my decision I made was the best decision I made in my life. And a lot of people didn't respect my decision, so I made a post about that, too. Like, right after I did it, it was my journey, and look where I'm at today. And it's, let's let's talk about momentum,
2: because, I mean, obviously that's surrounding the program right now. We've talked about, you know, Williams-Wanary coming on. That, that's been part of it. Luther. But it kind of starts with you as far as the drink era. So how does it feel to kind of be part of something that, like, originally where the ball starts getting rolling begins with you?
1: Um, it's kind of crazy because, you know, I'm not even a Missouri kid, but Missouri fans have adapted me as a Missourian, and they brought me in. They treat me like I'm, I came from St. Louis. Well, half the season, if you looked at the, the board before, when they say starters, they had me as a St. Louis, Missouri native. And so I'm not like, <laughs> no, I got to at least change that. I know I love Missouri for forever, but got to put where I'm from every now and then. But. I used to, when Luther used to come around, drink used to tell me to talk to him, um, tell him, like, because, you know, the Bama situation, because, you know, Luther had Bama, Georgia. He used to talk, tell me to talk to him whatever. And Luther was cool. I was telling him, like, man, it don't matter, bro. You, like, you're going to be good wherever. You know, I, I wasn't really, I'm never a person who's going to try to beg nobody to come here or anything like that. I'm just going to keep real with you. Like, no matter what, Luther, if Luther went anywhere, Luther was going to be Luther. But I'm happy Luther became... Missouri Tiger because it helped me win a bowl. It helped me do a lot of things. But, yeah, I, they was using my story to, like, I try to help a little pitch every now and then. I used to tell it happily. <laughs> so you, you
0: come in in tw- class of 2020 in your first year. What was that year like, man, for, for a player? Because that was not like any other year in college football. <laughs> Nobody's in the stands. You guys are like – you can't even really go celebrate after games because you're not allowed to go anywhere. Was that a tough year for a
1: kid that, that moved all the way up here from Dallas? Um, It was extremely, it was extremely tough in the transition because we all were sitting at home. Dallas, Texas didn't want you to be outside of me to have a job. So it was a whole bunch of process. So when I got to college – I wasn't work. I ain't really work out as much. I didn't do anything. So it was kind of hit the ground running and rolling. I came in 159 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and they told me if I wanted to play and have any chance to play, I had to be like 170. But when um they had the all SEC schedule, that's why I tell everybody, like, I'm built different because <laughs> nobody in the country that didn't come in in 2020 ain't have to play all SEC schedule. So I feel like that transition from that really helped me throughout my career because first game I ever played was my dream school, Alabama. First snap I ever took, they threw the ball at me. It was incomplete by Jaden Waddle. So moments like that playing in my first game, they probably hit me throughout my whole career because the team that I looked up to and wanted to go to so bad, I played them, and I got respect from them. So they made me feel like, man, I can play play in this conference. That was my confidence booster off rip. So that's why I was able to transition and keep getting better and better as my years went by.
2: Dennis, I I I remember talking to you in the spring about stuff that you and the cornerback group wanted to work on. And a lot of it was going back to getting interceptions and things like that. You had a really, really good 2022 season. But besides interceptions, what else did you want to show scouts, you know, that you could do and, and, you know, could take to the next level if you, you know, declare for the draft like you did?
1: Um, First up, the goals was – it was my goals, but it was also, like, our unit goals. Like, I was – I was happy when every pick KD caught this year because we, we talked about it. So, even though I didn't get to do it by myself, by him catching it, it made me feel like I caught it. It ain't on my stats it don't show up like that, but I just know the work that me and him put in, what all of us put in, and the example we put on the group, I'm just happy they all was doing it. Marcus Clark came in. He didn't get that many snaps. He caught two picks. like That stuff really made me happy, even though I didn't do it. But what I came back – to show scouts was a lot of them said I wouldn't be like tackling wise. I seen a lot of stuff on me last year, talking about um, he don't like to tackle running back. So things like that. So if y'all paid attention this year, I made a bunch of tackles on running backs and made a bunch of tackles on receivers. I was making a whole bunch of tackles to prove my point that I can make tackles and anything that somebody tried to discredit me for or anything. I love to read about it because it gave me extra motivation. Some people not like that. Other people read about it and they do something to them. Well, no, that, to me, it just helped me elevate my game. So I think this year I was a way better tackle. I think I only missed two tackles, and them only came in Florida. After I fell, yeah, the, the, the core injury is like I couldn't brace no more and things like this were no excuses. I only had missed two tackles on here anyways.
0: Yeah, you talk about KAD a little bit. I- how much, and obviously Chris will, will make his decision in his announcement in due time, uh, what he's going to do next year. But like, you guys would always kind of be tied together as far as Missouri fans go. Uh, you know, you guys came in and and got hey this this pair of cornerbacks. Like that's one position Missouri has sometimes in the past not not had guys at. But how much pride did you guys take just in one another? Uh, you know, both being out together, out there together, and kind of, kind of being seen as a pair. Um,
1: I, the pair situation. I mean, I, me and KD like respected a lot, but sometimes people used to always bring up the pair. Like we used to be like, man, let like let KD be KD, sometimes let Ennis be Ennis. Okay. But we, we loved it together. We loved playing, sharing the field with each other. Um, that was the reason I came back as well. When I see Chris come back, I'm like, man, I gotta come back with my duo. Like we were one and two out here, pretty much. If I look on that side of the field, I know that side of the field is gonna be locked down. And if the if y'all look on my side of the field, that side of the field is gonna be locked down. So when we both came back, you know, we like, man, we got we we gonna have these two sides on lockdown regardless. So we we gonna be pretty special this year. We gonna win a lot of games. Um, like I said about the work standpoint, the way we worked with each other, the way we like in the meeting rooms, you can ask Paul. We sit next to each other side by side. If he do something wrong in the real. You know, I say something, if I do something wrong, he tell me what I did wrong. It was just that that constant commitment to want to get better, sitting side by side with each other. And even when we like, if it was somebody, one of us get beat, if y'all pay attention, if one of us get beat, give up a touchdown long play, the person who is consoling us the most is probably me or him because we know how to get each other going and we know how to motivate each other. If KD get caught on, I'm gonna say, come on, seven, I need you. Like if if something's going on with me, he's like, Two, I need you. And that right there, I automatically snap in my brain, like, my brother need me. The duo really need me.
2: And it's uh, when you guys, I mean, I guess sticking to the duo thing. When you look at KD stats and stuff like that, uh, you know, a lot of people are targeting him. When when I look at your stats, I don't see, even though you played, you know, three or four less games, they're not targeting you as much. How much as a defender do you kind of take pride in the fact that, you know, when teams are trying to pass the ball, though, they're they're not really trying to go your way.
1: Um, I, I dealt with that a lot with Coach Baker and Pogue in the meetings this year. I was kind of frustrated in a sense because I'm like, man, I'm not doing what I was doing last year. And it was like, well, you can't control what offense do because the offense or quarterback decide who make plays. So after I had that conversation, I just used to sit in the cold tub – no, the hot tub, not cold tub. <laughs> I to sit in the hot tub and I used to think about, like, what ways What ways can I get noticed by scouts if they're not targeting me? So I decided to be a better press man. I put my hands on receivers, showed that I'm disrupting the time, um, making tackles, coming downhill on screen, setting the edge on linemen. So I was doing everything to elevate my game that way. KD, they threw the ball at him. I don't understand why. In my opinion, you are supposed to go at me because this kid over here probably got four, five picks on the year. He I, he leading the country in PBU's. He really should have been the Thorpe winner. If we want to be honest, if we if we compare stats for anybody in the country, KD was the top corner in the country. So I used to be like, man, like y'all throwing at him. I'm fine with me because I feel like I caught a pick. But at least throw it to me because dude, this this kid over here just a former receiver. Just you lucky he can't <laughs> catch a peak six because I would have been even more. <laughs> No, it was good. Though. I was proud of everything he did. Um, we used to always like I don't know why. Like they targeted KD. Like it's only two things go happen: you not go catch it or he catch it. You not really catching. It. <laughs> all
0: right, uh, we want to talk about this year a little bit. I, first of all, I have to tell you that Jesse says your little brother. I'm going to mess up this name. Brevic says hi. Yeah, so my you brother want to Brev. Man, what
1: up, you. Brev? You know I got to shout out Brev. Jesse, him <laughs> um, horns down. Jesse came to me with a proposal with horns down and. If everybody knows, Horns Down is, you know, kind of the trend right now. We got a lot of people on. First, it started with me, um, with that. And it could have been only me, it, but I told Jesse, um, I wanted to share the wealth with my brothers, so he put all the DBs on. Now they got the D-line on, a couple Luther on. So, yeah, Jesse, been he been doing his stuff. All right, so this year, was there a time where you guys in that
0: locker room kind of felt like, hey, we got something here? Maybe it was before any of us realized. Because I think a lot of people, even those of us who kind of watched you guys every week, it might have taken us till Kentucky or maybe even Tennessee to say, hang on, man. But but was there a time you guys
1: felt like, hey, this year's going to be something that people outside don't think it is? Uh, I knew it was going to be something we all came back. And the hardship we had was my junior year, all the tough losses that we had and all the one-possession games we could have won. That right there did something to us. So in the offseason in the summer, we always, like, had that in mind. Like, we was only a step away, one play away. This rip that we finna run right now, this for that rip we lost in it last year. Things like that putting our mind to it. That's what Cody Shader and Brady and them always talked about. Like, that's really how we looked at everything. Like, personally, like, the Georgia game last year set the tone for this year, if you want to be honest. And everybody came back, and we bought into the culture once more. And the game this year, if you ask me, because I tweeted about it in the summer, talking about how um, I love being an underdog because we finna prevail. Like, I quoted this a long time ago in the summertime. But, you know, um, the one game I say, the Kansas State game, just all the disrespect that we had as a team about how we got dead last year, previous year, and how they were screaming while we was walking off the field, Break straw, um, SEC, they was chanting SEC. That did something to us. So when we played them, it was get back time. Like the same way with Tennessee. But when Meavis, if Meavis didn't make that kick, I don't know how the trajectory of the season would have went. But he made that kick, if you ask me, that changed our whole season. Right there. And then Tennessee, as y'all see how we did Tennessee, that was another get back game because last year they kind of did, did extremely well. Right.
2: Um. Real quick, I wanted to go back briefly to the, to the sports journey and the injury. How are you doing, like right now? And you know, senior bowl and stuff coming up. Like, I mean, do you have
1: an expectation when you'll feel you know 100 or close to it at least? Um, I've been talking to um Jim Nagy about what I had going on. I can't really say what it was. Technically, but at least I told y'all what the injury was. But I talked to him and I told him um, how my rehab going in my process and I should be able to be there. We talked about it, yeah. My deadline should be there. I'm four four weeks. I've been four weeks in and it's four to six weeks, so two weeks left.
0: And the good news is you go down to the senior goal, it's just like a college reunion for you, man. There's six dudes in there. Cody just accepted his invite this morning. Uh, I think uh, you know Javon, and then then four of you guys on defense. So I'm sure it'll be be fun. Uh, the one I want to ask about though, Cody just accepted his deal today uh, to the Senior Bowl. Like, is there? Because when a kid comes in like that from Truman State, he's a walk on. Like, when did you first notice
1: him? Like, like did it take a little while? Honestly, I'm going. I'm gonna have to say no. Me, my roommate JC, like before I. We used to always be together before I had the car. And Cody was all, like, when Coach Looper say Cody worked out, like, Cody worked out every single day. <laughs> when I say every single day, we go in and I just do treatment, Cody somewhere in St. Louis or in the indoor facility doing jump cuts and running over bags. So I, I kind of noticed him quick just based off of it. I'm like, man, he really, like, works out, works out. And then, like, this year, me and Cody had a couple reps in perimeter drill where he tried to block me, and, and I won a few. He won a few. And, and the way he was talking to me and the, the fire he had of not backing down, because, you know, a lot of people are bagged down. Cody ain't bagged down a budge at all. They had, and I was like, oh, yeah, this this got to be his year. He's he not playing this year. He's not playing at all. But, no, I mean, nobody
0: could have seen that coming, right? Ethan the Heisman leads leads the now, country in Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm, I got to stop right there. we okay. seen everything coming that happened this year. Honestly, we've seen the SEC championship or at least being there, but we messed it up ourselves on our part. But that's what the younger guys – I'm like the older guys who leaving, we set a foundation, and the young guys who was with the ride know what to expect and know what to do now. So now they can get the job done. It's a testament to all of us, but, man – we already knew Cody Nell's go. we knew everything that happened this year was gonna happen. That's why the way we played, you can see our egos wasn't that big, wasn't that high, wasn't that low. We was right in between because this what we expected anyways. Everybody else didn't expect it, but hey, they now look, that's why Drink said the cameras weren't here on us, they didn't believe us in the summer. Like, man, we expected all this.
2: What have you you just mentioned, you know, setting, you know, presidents for the younger guys. You know, there was about what's it uh game? I think it was like seven or eight guys who burned their red shirt this year. Um, as far as the, the freshman summer around that. Um, what did you see out of out of the freshman class that you know everybody keeps talking about? How did
1: they help you guys this year, you know, go eleven and two and win the cotton ball? Um, I think it's the buying in part because when you're getting recruited, obviously like when when seniors and, and older guys come back. You know, coaches talk about him in the recruitment process. Like, corners that came in like Shamara. They knew that me and KD was coming back. And it's funny because Shamara, when we talked to Shamara, he seen how me and KD interact and we all interact. He was like, I did not know y'all was going to be like this. And I'm like, what you mean? He was like, man, y'all like, y'all have fun. Y'all loosen up. Y'all ain't just like straight, straight. I'm like, man, this is, this is the funnest part of your life, bro. Like, you will never get these college moments back. So enjoy, like, loosen up people in your family ain't did what you did. So, like, have fun with this process because it'll never be the same. Even, like, I declare for the next level, it'll never be the same how it is now with how it was with them. But, like, Marquise, we already knew Marquise was extremely fast. We knew he was extremely fast. And before he caught the pass versus Ohio State, we walked in halftime, I shook his hand. I said, bro, don't worry about it. You're going to get your shine. Like, it's coming. And I'd be, like, couple plays later after halftime. I mean, you see him running full speed downfield. And the only thing, I'm already like, oh, yeah, he caught it. I walked up to him. I said, what I tell you? He like, yeah, he was right. It's like things like that. Like, they got confident in us. But the real key to how they were, how they were, is we had confidence in them. When you put them in, Marvin in, like. We we ain't budge. I look in the safety. I look back. I see Marvin. I ain't like ah Marvin. And I'm like, okay, it's Marvin time. Let like, us like, see what Marvin do. It was that <laughs> it was that constant connecting of um, friendship and brotherhood that set it up. And we knew that it was gonna be good regardless.
0: All right. So you you declare for the draft. It's that's four months away. Has it like every guy who's in your situation? I don't know when you started playing football. I'm going to guess you were probably 6, 7 years old you started. playing. Yeah. this is the goal. When do you think it's going to hit you that like, all right man, this is you're in this position now that literally hundreds of thousands of kids try to get to.
1: Um it's crazy because the percentage of um being able to go to the NFL and the percentage of college is like extremely low. But as I've been playing football my whole life, it's a lot of people that told me I wouldn't do it, I couldn't do it, or things of that sort, and I and I'm doing it, so it don't it don't hit me like right now. My Missouri career hit me when I when I declare it. I'm like, man, like I really went to college. I played in the SEC. We ranked. We did. Uh, we won a combo where I lost my my career in high school in two years. So like I sat in the end zone where we the hail mary was caught. That's when I realized, like, man, like, I just went through college. So I feel like the only way that I personally will notice is if I go to the, when I go to the combine or when I see my name get called, that's when everything to seek in about how I got here. I hope I don't cry, but I can't make no promises. (laughs) I can't make no promises with that.
2: For some of your former Missouri teammates, the ones that are in the league right um, now, what have they been telling you about? You know, from this prospect, uh, proce- uh, this moment in time to the combine and to the draft. What have they told you this process is going to be like?
1: Um, I, I I haven't talked to them yet. I seen not Roundtree either because um, you know, the bow, I was with the team a lot, but he was down here. But I remember when I was a freshman, and I, Nick Bo, I was walking across the street from the um outside field back to the arena or well stadium and he was like man I, I see your drive like your goal is to like to get to the league. He like he told me I'm to like you go be an NFL player. The only thing I need you to do is make me right. And I can't wait to see Nick again because I gotta bring it up to like I never forgot that him telling me that, like, he don't know how much they help me in a sense. Cause I don't really just talk about it. But like I that stuck with me all the way to right now. So things like that. And Larry Roundtree come to the games and we talk and he like, man, you go you to make it. Like you gonna be a draft pick. You are gonna do this. So like that constant brotherhood lingers around and when people who in the league or been there, at least like when they say stuff like that to you, it give you extra motivation because they've been through the process and if they see something like that in you, then you got something special.
0: Ines, I know there have been some stories written and you've been pretty vocal on social media about your, your relationship with your mom and how much she's helped you get here. I'm just curious for for maybe the people that are watching or listening to this that don't know your story as much. Can you kind of kind of just give them some insight into into that relationship and, and what what was her what's her reaction to you now, Nate,
1: taking this next step? Yeah. Um. Me and my mom, my mom had me at the age of 15, three days before being 16. Um, my mom, my, it was just me and my mom. My, my dad decided he wanted to walk out on us and not be, take care of his responsibility as a man. Then my stepdad came. My stepdad put me in football. My mom didn't really know nothing about sports. So I got to give a big thanks to him as well. Cause my mom was the mama bearing. If I'm hurt, my mama trying to run on the field and things like that. Cause I always been small and everything of that sort. But the relationship with my mom, I'm I wouldn't say I'm person. I wouldn't say I am i would not say i i am doing this for my mom, but she wouldn't want to hear that. So I'm gonna say I'm doing it for us. But like, my mom had me at 15, so my mom didn't get to live at her 20s. How I can live at my 20s right now? So I want to at least make her 40s my mom like 37 38 so at least when she gets to her 40s she can do stuff that when, when she was in her 20s that people partied and did all that now that they can't like it's some people that she grew up with doing was having fun when she was 20 but now they not living the same way they struggling now my mom i'm finna, I'm finna make her my mom 40s and 50s is what dang everybody like man i wish i was dead so it's a it's a big testament to her she the reason i did all this um football was fun and everything the passion part about it, but it's really I want to take care of my mom, for
0: real. I, I know everybody knows you, you've been pretty active on social media, so what everybody wants to see in the next couple of years is you sign that contract. We want to see one of those sappy videos where you, like, surprise your mom with a car or a house. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> That's what we got
0: to see on Twitter.
1: Yeah, no, y'all know, like, I'm always mazoo you know. Out of all my teammates, I'm probably the, the main one on um, Twitter feed and everything like that, like, the in his pot, in his cast, Things like that I was doing was because like I want I wanted everybody to know like even though I'm not playing I'm not a selfish player I'm not somewhere mad or doing like I want y'all to see like I'm still dialed in with my team and I'm still feel like I'm a part of the team when he, when I couldn't travel with them so I was doing things like that and staying on social media backing up my teammates when people say the wrong things about them because y'all don't know what everybody go through like I lost my grandmother um I lost my grandmother um, earlier this year. My mom knows how my grandmother was. She didn't even want me to play football. And she didn't like football because the injuries I used to come. Every time I come, every time we got an outbreak, I'm hurt or something, or I'm limping and she didn't want me to play. And I wanted to show her that what football can can do for me or like do for the generation. So when she left me, when God took her home, he called her back, it did something to me because I feel like Dang, I didn't get to live. I can't show her. Like, she can't physically see what I was doing. Is for all the pain I'd have been through all this and, and what it's done. But what my mom told me was, she ain't on on the earth with you, but she see you. That gave me an extra motivation. I cried. I don't even cry with deaths. If you ask my mom, I don't cry with deaths. And when I see her, I just, like, I cry. I, I don't know why. Because when people would be like 98, you expect that. But... When when the start of your family and all your cousins and you look at them gone, it, it wasn't a good feeling for me. But I sucked it up and on my um, senior, like I, I got stuff that remembrance of her on my code I had for senior night. Like, I put her age and her name in there, so I know she's still with me. I know she's gonna be proud of me when I in this journey that I'm on right now. That's
2: so that's my oh man. Gabe, you got me in the feels a little bit, man. That's a, that's a tough one. I, that's, that's that's great to hear um, as far as what you're doing this for. And when you see that, you know, some of the mock drafts and, you know, some analysts are saying, you know, you're, you're a guy who could be a day one or very early day two pick. I mean, how do you look at that? You told us earlier how you kind of see negative stuff and how you react to that and it motivates you. But when you see things like that, that, you know, your first round,
1: second round type of guy, you know, what does that do for you? Honestly, it does nothing. Mom, if you on her, come in and tell them how I act when y'all tell me. Like, it, it means nothing to me. When my mom and them sending to say something to me, I was be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, It's just talking. It's just talks. It's good to look at. I don't feed into it. I came up on the negative way, honestly, of people telling me wrong. So when people tell me right, I kind of be like, yeah, it's all right, but I want to know the negative parts of what I got to work on to get better.
0: All right, and just Want to wrap this up with you with, with a couple things. Uh, had fans ask, they they want to know uh, who's a who's a young guy on this Missouri team that maybe the fans don't know now that they're going to know this time next year.
1: Um, I can get. I go defense and I go offense. So defense, I feel like I left. I left Trey in good hands. I feel like Dre is going to be what Dre should have been. And Drake couldn't do it because obviously me and KD was there. But now I told Drake, me and KD, telling him all the time, like, you the old one in the room. You, like, you got to grow up. So we kept trying to teach him to grow up this year. And he played. I'm glad he played in Ohio State. Well, the easy game we played. <laughs> the Ohio <laughs> State game. But I'm happy he played in it and started in it because, you know, growing up you heard Ohio State is this, this, and that. And, he played well, so that give him an extra momentum going into the offseason. Like he's the starter, like nothing happened to him, things like that. And offensive wise, I gotta go. I gotta go with Marquise, man. I feel like that kid gonna be special. Like he his speed, everything about him, like his speed, his hands, he's a Texas boy, so you know I gotta give it to him. Like, I respect, I really respect his game. Like that kid gonna be special. He's gonna be a, a real, real problem next year. As he get more involved in the system, he's going to be a real problem.
0: Last thing, uh, just obviously you've gotten to see some of the fans' comments, and I know you get them on social media. Missouri fans have have been appreciative of what you and your teammates have done for this program. Just want to give you a chance, (laughs) if if you got anything to say to the fans, what would be your message to Missouri fans as you kind of uh, head out and and take the next step?
1: Um, Thank you all for believing me. A three-star kid that everybody talked about negatively when I came. A kid that stayed with the program was sometimes I wanted to leave, but I never left. Um, I appreciate the good, the bad, the ugly, the in between. I appreciate everything about y'all. Seeing y'all out on the tan, a lot of people knew who I was. I take pictures with everybody. Um, goes me all the way back to the sideline um, officials. One of them, I dab up every game, every home game here. There, I dab them up. It's just that's the type of impact. I'm glad I left on Mizzou, and and they left on me as well so i thank y'all for everything and two out all right
0: and it's really appreciated wanted to put this up before you left uh one of our uh frequent viewers said he his wife you're his your wife's favorite player because he tweeted at her when she was going through cancer and she's never forgotten that so i know a lot of people out there appreciate you every, everything you've done here and uh get healthy man we'll see you at pro day and a before, comeback,
1: y'all, before y'all go away i just seen it um I hope she's doing well. Um, my I lost my granny to cancer as well, so I just hope she's doing good. If she ever need another shout out, a repost, or or want to talk, just hit me up. And I hope she's doing well. All right, Ennis, thanks a all lot, man. man. Really appreciate, appreciate your time you, today.
0: All right. all right, that is Mizzou cornerback Ennis Rakestraw. Um, look, we say this all the time, man. If you can get some of these kids just talking one on one, there's a lot of really good stories. I, I was cool. thinking,
2: I was thinking about that. Uh, Mid interviewing, you know, something like just him stopping us to to acknowledge uh freeway Jared and his uh, wife. It just goes to show again the cultural things that you know drinking this program has done as far as you know getting these guys. Dr- we all know that Ennis is at least to the media, he's a little bit quiet and stuff like that. And he's had to grow into that vocal role and stuff like this. But you can see um the guys on this team, the character they have is not just like football players and team guys, but you see them as like, you know young men and adults who just know how to treat people, you know, properly. So that's good to see that, like, you know, stuff that we hear, you know, chase two dreams and raising, you know, you know, young men and all that stuff. It's cool to see, you know, coaches actually do that. And these people, you know, grow.
0: Yeah. And uh, I would just kind of finish with uh, we get caught up in stars and all that. Like Ennis said, he was a three-star kid that came here. Chris Abrams drain was a receiver. Uh, Yeah. I think it's fair to say they're the best pair of cornerbacks that have played here since I've been covering this team. So you never know which one will uh, turn out to, to be good. But um, I want to thank Ennis for, for taking some time to do this with us. I know uh, we, we're hoping to have a couple of the other uh, recently departed seniors uh, to come back and and talk with us in this scenario like this. Don't want to, don't want to give anything away because look, sometimes you be playing things and they don't happen. So don't want to tell you for sure, but but we're going to try to get some of these other guys. So uh, all right, Gerard, we're off to uh we're off to watch some Bengals football now.
2: Uh don't don't torture me, Dave. Don't <laughs> don't torture me. All
0: right. But seriously appreciate all you guys joining us and, and we'll have shows uh still going forward and we'll do some basketball and stuff like that. So we'll be back. We'll talk to you next time.